0: 1700 hours central african time hello welcome to africa digest on channel africa the voice of the african renaissance we are broadcasting from johannesburg in south africa and you can find us on 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band if you're in southern africa and on 802 on the dstv audio bouquet my name is spumele lezondi and i am with Joala netulo usani matebula and your top stories New AU Commission Chair pledges to place development and security at the top of his agenda. Malawi urged to cease depending on donor funding. In economics, OPEC's oil output to fall by more than a million barrels per day this month. And in sport, Cameroon National Football Team battles rumblings over bonuses at the AFCON. Time for news with Jola Natulo.
1: Thank you, Good afternoon. Chad's Foreign Minister and new Chair of the African Union Commission, Musa Faki Muhammad, has pledged to place development and security at the top of his agenda as the head of the continental body. But as he prepares to take over from his predecessor, Nkosuzan Atlamini Zuma, many challenges await him. Kumbero Nunchelele reports.
2: Faki Mohammed will be taking over from his predecessor Dr. Nkosa Zana Jamini Zuma who leaves a mixed legacy at the helm of the continental body. The 56-year-old former Chadian prime minister is a veteran statesman and a seasoned diplomat and he hopes to bring stability and much-needed development on the continent as these will be top of his agenda. Mohammed says he dreams of an Africa where the sound of guns will be drowned out by cultural songs and rumble Factories and pledged to streamline the bureaucratic African Union during his four year term in office.
1: A move by Tanzania to ban refugees from entering the groups in, in, from entering the country in groups could undermine efforts to protect them and to provide humanitarian assistance. That's according to the United Nations Refugee Agency. Tanzania's Home Affairs Minister announced last week that the government would no longer accept groups of refugees at the border. Instead, it would vet individual cases before granting refugee status. The East African nation hosts more than 280,000 refugees and asylum seekers, mostly from the Democratic Republic of Congo and Burundi fleeing political violence at home. Some 10,000 Burundians arrived in neighboring Tanzania each month towards the end of 2016, swelling three already overcrowded northwestern camps. South Africa's opposition DA leader Musi Maimane says the Independent Electoral Commission has committed to table the report of its investigations into allegations against the, the ruling ANC in the so-called War Room, designed to smear opposition parties ahead of last year's elections. Maimane met with IEC officials today and asked them to investigate the matter. He also wanted the commission to investigate allegations that the ANC also intimidated the deputy chairperson of the IEC, Tere Maimane explains.
0: I wanted us to be very clear that in fact the matter of intimidation against the Commission was a matter that needed investigation, that it was a matter that subsequent to that its reporting must then be tabled in Parliament so that we can get to the bottom of the issue. We also dealt secondary with the matter of the war room operation that has been set up at ANC and in that regard I've launched an investigation with the IEC, they are awaiting formal complaint on that matter, so that it can be tabled and investigated properly. The IEC have confirmed to me that they will be investigating both matters, there's a commitment to say. That that their respective reports, once they are finalised, will not only be made public but will be tabled in Parliament, which is an important thing because then we can take further action.
1: Emergency repairs have begun on the heavily damaged main water supply for Syria's capital, Damascus, according to the UN. UN spokesperson Stephen Dujarik says a local agreement has reportedly been reached to stop the fighting around Wadi Barada, close to the capital, where the main spring for Damascus is located. The Syrian Minister of Water Resources announced that samples were being tested and the damage was considerable, according to the initial analysis. Dujarik elaborates.
3: The UN stands ready to support the Syrian water authorities and the Red Crescent to ensure the swift repair of the infrastructure. During the water cutoff, the UN provided uh, trucked water to a number of neighborhoods in Damascus and surrounding areas, as well as to 101 schools, benefiting some 94,000 children, as well as providing other technical support to the water authorities.
1: And finally, police in Canada have charged the sole suspect in a recent terrorist attack against Quebec City's Grand Mosque with 11 charges of murder and attempted murder. A 27-year-old student was charged with six counts of first-degree murder and five counts of attempted murder on Monday. He was charged during a brief appearance in a Quebec City court. The gunman went on the rampage at the Islamic Cultural Centre as dozens of worshippers had gathered for evening prayers. Headlines at 5.30 for Channel Africa. I'm Jolani Tulo.
0: Thanks, Jolan. It is 17.05. Chad's Foreign Minister and new Chair of the African Union Commission, Musafaki Mohamed, has pledged to place development and security at the top of his agenda as the head of the continental body. But as he prepares to take over from his predecessor, Dotsangosazanatlamine Zuma, many challenges await him. Channel Africa's Kumbaro Munjarere compiled this report.
2: Faki Muhammad will be taking over from his predecessor, Dr. Nkosa Jamini Zuma, who leaves a mixed legacy at the helm of the continental body. The 56 year old former Chadian Prime Minister is a veteran statesman and a seasoned diplomat, and he hopes to bring stability and much needed development on the continent, as these will be top of his agenda. Muhammad says he dreams of an Africa where the sound of guns will be drowned out by cultural songs and rumbled factories and pledged to streamline the bureaucratic african union during his four-year term in office but reforms at the continental body will require creating greater financial independence and sustainability of the organization effectively dealing with the bureaucracy and bridging the long-standing divisions between Anglophone and Francophone countries that are members of the Continental Organization, Dr. Yaki Silias, Executive Director of the Institute for Security Studies in Johannesburg, spells out some of the immediate challenges that Mohammed faces.
3: Well, he inherits a, an organization that is going to have to deal with the recent inclusion of Morocco, uh, which is going to be hugely divisive. Uh, the second issue is the implementation of the recommendations that came from the Kagame Com- Commission of Inquiry, if I can use that term, on restructuring uh, the Africa the Africa Union Commission, and then of course is uh, the, the many peace and security challenges and the issue of financing. I think generally there is a sense that uh, Dr. Dlamini Zuma perhaps did not pay sufficient attention to some of the peace and security challenges, and many of these are really urgent, like in. South Sudan. And these are going to require, I think, a significant amount of attention as he takes the organization
2: forward. But Dr. Martin Rupia, fellow at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies at the University of South Africa, says Mohammed is equal to the task that lies ahead as he brings in a wealth of experience in the diplomatic circles.
3: Uh, Mohammed himself has been uh, deeply involved uh, in peace and reconciliation processes uh, in, in Sudan, uh, both in Juba in Khartoum, uh, Central African Republic, you know, he's a foreign minister before he took up this post. So he is someone who is not coming in cold, as we say. Uh, he's an experienced uh, mediator and negotiator, and, and we are hoping that he then continues to find, um, uh, you know, uh, a favor uh, with the situation turning. Because this is one of the really disheartening developments on the continent. Continued conflict. Which then impacts most negatively on the most vulnerable women and children. So we really would like to see him succeed on
2: that score. During Gamini Zuma's time in charge of the African Union, she focused on reforming the African Union's dysfunctional internal bureaucracy and drawing up a long-term plan for improving the lives of of Africa's underprivileged citizens, especially women and children. However, she has been criticized for failing to heal the rifts created by her election and not doing more to prevent conflict in countries such as South Sudan, which the United Nations says has been tilting towards genocide. Some observers say the election of Faki Mohammed to the post once again exposed the divisions that still exist within the continent. Dr. Yakisilia says the continent is still deeply divided, and this is paralyzing the work of the African Union.
3: Yes, I certainly think that the anglophone-francophone issue played a role, Uh, and probably one of the reasons why a francophone was elected instead of uh, what is uh, generally considered an anglophone, divisions remain. Uh, But I also think that, uh, you know, the elections occur behind the scenes by heads of state themselves, so it's very difficult to understand or or to interpret exactly the trade-offs that happened. We know that there were seven uh, rounds of elections before he emerged. It also appears that uh, previously Eko was split um, when Dr. Glamini-Zuma was elected. This time it seems that Sadek split. Uh, So uh, these these, these dynamics uh, are are difficult to judge. But as we know, the idea is that the chairperson of the AU rotates between the five regions of Africa. We still have to see – I don't have the full results yet, but as we know, there are supposed to be uh, two uh, 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 individuals from every of uh, Africa's five regions to make the 10 commissioners, and half are supposed to be women. Uh, and so on and so forth. So the the question of balance also between Francophone and Anglophone Africa is an important issue and it's not going to go away.
2: Other challenges facing Faki Mohamed are the rising youth unemployment levels, leaders not respecting the constitutions as well as rampant corruption. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbero Munjerere in Johannesburg.
0: The departure of the Gambia's former President Yahya Jameh from Banjul 12 days ago brings to an end a remarkable confrontation between the autocrats and other leaders of West Africa the African Union and the United Nations It also offers important lessons for those seeking to advance the course of democracy and the rule of law on the continent As a result, this is a victory for the people of the Gambia, the forces of democracy and Adama Barrow who defeated Jameh in a December 1st national election General Africa's Benjamin Mushadama spoke to Yegan Gray-Johnson, Communications and Advocacy Officer with the Africa Governance Monitoring and Advocacy Project, and Fatou Yagne, who is the West Africa Regional Director of a human rights organization called Article 19. Yagne says that Barrows' support from opposition parties is a good start for his presidency.
4: He has the endorsement of other political parties, which is a good thing when you start especially in difficult situations, at least you have the support base. Seven political parties uh, supported him to be the unity candidate. The unity candidate means that you are a, take a, take a government, but also importantly you are non-partisan, which I think we need in a transition, like to work, along, uh, to work towards the national interest and not along party lines. I think that is something that everybody is expecting him to continue to do. Well, let's hope that uh, you know the political party pressure will not change the dynamic. So he has that kind of a uh, 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 good start. Now also he understood, and he, he already reiterated it that you know he was elected because of the joint effort of all Gambians, and this election was about Gambia, one Gambia, looking forward to unity. And I think that is also something that is very important for us, for all Gandhians, because the country was divided. It was divided along different lines. And the point that you mentioned earlier about uh, the, the nature of our system, I think that, was, that is a pillar. If you know Gambia, it's a very diverse country. But like the religion, the, uh, the diversity between, and then the, the linkage between Christians mm-hmm. and Muslims mm-hmm. is, 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 is so strong. It's so strong. And, you know, when you touch that fabric, You 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 destroy, and Mm. he was trying to do that. And Gambian stood up, and I think that is also one of the things that defeated him because people don't like those kind of things. And what you see now is just made an announcement. Gambia was not a a republic, uh, Islamic Republic. It was a mere announcement from the head of state who had all the powers. It it never went through the National Assembly. The constitution mentioned that Gambia is a secular state. Mm. and that he unilaterally decided that Gambia became an republi- uh, Islamic republic. That is going to be reversed because it's not constitutional. Mm-hmm. And I think the first declaration from the president said that Gambia will remain an Islamic uh, 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 republic, I think that's a welcome move. Mm-hmm. And we don't need even to do any other thing. It's just to re- 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 assure people that this is the way we are going and this is constitutional. So there's no revision to be made because there was no no, 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 no law the, to, uh, that, uh, that that and enacted. the constitution was never changed. Mm-hmm. So that, that is one thing. The other aspects of course we know that uh, President Obama managed to stay all these years because he manipulated all the laws he controlled the judiciary to also enforce all those bad laws and those major ones are those laws that stifle expression across the board. You have like uh, dozens of laws if you look at them, they were all geared to ensuring that public space is shrinking, and they close all the space, and freedom of expression was was muzzled. So now, the, the the task ahead of
2: all of us is to ensure that. The play. Let me move to you, Jürgen Grathwohl. I want to move on to just uh, the perspective of uh, elections. And I think this has done a lot for Africa in terms of our position on democracy and our elections and the people's choice. The outcome is seen as a case study for how African uh, national, regional and continental uh, leaders with UN backing can come together to enforce a legitimate electoral decision. Uh, do you believe that this is the case as well?
5: well it's a yes and a no so sure. um it's, it's it's a yes because again um the continent and certainly the region Ecowas had to deal with the consequences um of letting a really bad situation deteriorate which was gambia gambia has been um in the doldrums for uh, you know for many years certainly for the last five years certainly definitely two years leading up to the elections it was in a very very bad space and uh there was certainly not enough there was some pressure but it wasn't enough um to basically push jame to start rethinking um his his his, his bad ways moving forward um secondly also The Election Amendment Act, for example, since you just asked me the specificity on on elections. The Election Amendment Act 2015, which was passed um, in in, in June of 2015, which basically looked at pricing out um, political opposition, um, shrinking the space for participation, um, making it completely ridiculous when it came to political party registration. In effect, really just ring-fencing the contestation of power and reducing it down to one particular man, which was Yaya Jama himself. Clearly, this was challenged, and as a result, I think it was obvious that it was untenable and it was practically impossible to enforce. But having said that, Gandhi is not the only country in Africa that has tried and tested these methodologies mm. of, on the one hand, pretending to be a pluralistic democracy and opening up a space for participation and, 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 and electoral contestation, sure, sure. whilst at the same time turning around and putting everything that you possibly could get away with mm. by using your majority, whether it's your National Assembly or your Parliament, to pass laws that are, in essence, actually illegal. But because mm-hmm. you have a, majoritar- a majoritarian democracy, and because you're going to go by the numbers, you're going to go ahead and do what actually suits that particular person or that particular incumbency um, to ensure that um, they, 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 they get a second or a third or a fourth or even a fifth bite of the cherry. Mm-hmm. The issue of term limits needs to be taken serious. Mm-hmm. that That's, that's the crux of the matter here. Mm-hmm. It needs to be taken seriously. And currently what is happening, certainly in the last four or five years, This authoritarian recidivism, whereby we've been rolling back on any semblance Mm, of mm, gains mm, that were made, mm, um, what's consolidating a democratic culture mm, and basically putting a premium on a democratic dividend, mm, hasn't happened. mm, And the worst case scenario that you've seen of this particular impunity and uh, the lack of tolerance um, mm, for for pluralism has been Gambia. The mm, good news is that Gambia is not Burundi. At mm, the end of the day, President Jammer didn't get away with it.
0: That Yegen Gray Johnson, communications and advocacy officer with the Africa Governance Monitoring and Advocacy Program project rather, and Fatu Yagna, who's the West Africa Regional Director of a Human Rights Organization called Article 19, they were speaking to Benjamin Mashatama. <laughs>
2: Channel Africa Blanta. This is Lansana Fofana reporting for Channel Africa from Freetown. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe. This is Simon muchemwa Reporting for Channel Africa. This is Moki Kinzeka. In Yaounde. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Ntawanangatani in Mahalizuk, Lesotho. Reporting for Channel Africa, Mwaaigi Konyo in Nairobi. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
0: 1720 Central African Time. Remember that you can find us on Twitter. We are on channel Africa1 on Twitter. My name is Spomalele with you until 1800 hours Central African Time. Now, American President Donald Trump yesterday fired the acting Attorney General a holdover from the Obama administration after she ordered Justice Department attorneys not to defend his controversial immigration orders. In a sharply worded statement, the White House called Sally Yates weak on borders and very weak on illegal immigration, and also criticized Democrats for not yet confirming the appointment of Attorney General-designate Jeff Sessions. Several congressional Republicans have spoken out against President Donald Trump's immigration and refugee restrictions, reflecting unease with the President's party about the direction he is taking in his first weeks in office. To talk to us more about this, we're joined on the line by Department of International Relations at um, the University of Johannesburg professor, John Stremlow. Hello, Professor.
6: Well, hello. It's the University of Edwatersrand, although I have a lot of friends at the University of Johannesburg.
0: All right. Apologies for that. Thank you. All right. Now, Professor, um, could you just tell us what this this ban essentially means for Muslims, especially those who are legally staying in America?
6: Yeah, it's... it's uh being challenged, as you know, and the scenes coming from airports around the U.S. and from reports from from embassies overseas where uh, individuals have been given green cards or permission to go to the United States and then were blocked by this hastily uh, drafted and uh, really maladroit, difficult uh, uh, executive order over the weekend. And and so this is a, a defeat politically, it appears, for Donald Trump and his first 10 days in office it's very unusual how what it means actually though for um, uh, is Islamic travelers everywhere uh, is is unclear they the administration is saying these are very selective but it, the choice of countries makes little sense uh, in in terms of counterterrorism it's a it's a real radical departure from what the Obama administration was doing despite what Trump is saying this has been counteracted uh, over the, over the last couple of days by uh, members of that administration who looked to the record so so we're, we're, we're in an uncharted water here and and uh, it's going to take a few more days to, to figure out as you know he fired the acting attorney General uh, of the United States last night um, when she said that uh, she could not implement the, these um, these orders because they were likely to be proven uh, unlawful.
0: Mm, and on a related but slightly different matter, he then went on to set a date to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel. That might upset the um, the Muslim world, will it not?
6: Well, he's being very provocative to the Muslim world. It's almost like he's baiting them to undertake a terrorist attack so he could uh, sort of glorify his administration uh, uh, as the country gets traumatized. I, I say that uh uh, only half seriously, but I can't find an explanation for why he would um, throw sand in the eyes of so many people simultaneously. Yes, of course, this appointment of a uh, or this nomination of an ambassador who believes that the embassy ought to be moved after decades of U.S. policy suddenly to uh, uh, to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv is is uh, very provocative. You see the reports today of. Of uh, the, the the more um, aggressive Zionists wanting to build and expand greatly the settlements uh, in the West Bank and Gaza to the point that uh, the yes. Palestinians are saying this is no return, and and uh, and I'm not sure that they can't take this anymore. I'm not sure what it, reactions it will ignite or whether Trump really cares about them or is trying to provoke them. I I can't put myself in his, his in his mindset because he's. He's acting in such contrary behavior to what has been established U.S. policy, controversial often, but established nonetheless. You know, for decades, Uh, it's 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 uh, it's inexplicable to me, and uh, and yet Netanyahu is, I guess, trying to make the most of it. But uh, but everybody may be over there playing their hands. Mm, Um.
0: And he has no experience, really, in politics. Is he taking advice from anybody as he's making all of these decisions?
6: Well, he, he uh, you're right about that. He is the first uh, president in the history of the country, which goes back to 1789, who uh, has had no prior government experience whatsoever, military or civilian. And so he, he comes with, with no um, track record of any kind, no indication from his, his life as a businessman and as a reality TV star of any knowledge or understanding of the conduct of foreign affairs. And the reports over the weekend seem to suggest that this uh, alternative right hardline Steve Bannon, who was his pin- principal political uh, advisor, is now being put on the National Security Council to play a hand in in, in national security policy and is apparently his closest advisor on all this, drafted the uh, memorandum on, on immigration that is so controversial uh, so what's going on is, is again either incompetence or malevolence or uh, a combination of both or some some cynical design that uh, none of us have yet figured out uh, so it, it, I can't really say his his main foreign policy advisors at least institutionally weren't even consulted on this Islamic uh, ban and, and, uh, and, and a lot of them haven't even been appointed yet uh, so um, he's, he's he's running uh, very fast, uh, but on very thin ice, in my view.
0: Mm, and, and with that, there's a lot of unease as well coming from some members of the Republican Party, and that's his party. So he, he's not getting support from everybody, is he, from within the Republican Party?
6: Well, this is a very important point because... Um, uh, uh states, uh, South Africa or any other country uh, around Africa, used to, are used to dealing bilaterally, and yet what we're seeing is America more and more divided, and for those uh, foreign uh, leaders who are concerned about the behavior of Donald Trump, signaling, uh, as South African government did, it's disapproval of this uh, immigration ban helps strengthen the hands of those within um, the country who are saying these policies are counterproductive. They're against American values and they're against American interests. It's really amazing to have a president who would take a step that was both against the country's interests and its values, and that's making re- more and more Republicans uneasy. They, they, they still are playing along because they're, they're, they're seeing a chance to undo Obama's policies and, and, uh, and, and want to have the, um, the president and, the, and, the, and their own strength in Congress compounded but it's, he's making it very difficult for them. It's inexplicable, but he is. And, and as a result, uh, you're also getting these outpourings of, of uh, popular uh, discontent, uh, the demonstrations in the airports so or the massive uh, women's march last Saturday. So, so uh, it, it is happening, and I think governments abroad have to be aware that America is much more than the president, and indeed in this case, Uh, The president needs to be isolated and and neutralized because he's doing great damage, in my view, but this is my opinion.
0: As some have even gone as far as to suggest that um, these actions will give world economies to China on a silver platter. Uh, Do you agree with these sentiments?
6: Well, you know, China would be foolish not to take advantage of this. I I find it uh, uh, crushingly ironic that for all of his anti uh, Chinese rhetoric and behavior, he's handed uh, China the free uh, area of the, of the Pacific trading bloc that uh, Obama had worked so hard to put together on the grounds that there ought to be sort of counterweights there, that, that the countries in the region welcomed uh, both the United States and China playing uh, uh, a, a role in the region. But, 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 you know, Trump is sort of withdrawn from that uh, the Chinese would be foolish not to take advantage of it. The Chinese would be foolish not to take advantage, as Xi Jinping did, of the Davos meeting to make the case for globalization because countries like South Africa need to trade, need an open market. Um, the market ought to be fair uh, and there ought to be good rules for it. And that's the direction that everyone seemed to think we were going for.